0: I am. That is so good. Uh, you know, that one voice, lifting up in one voice. You know, we all don't have to agree politically. We don't have to agree how you raise your kids. We don't have to agree on everything. But there is one thing that we agree on in yes. church. Yes. is that Jesus is King. Yes. Jesus yes. is King. Whenever we gather together, Jesus is King. If one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. Guess how, guess how many are running scared? How many demons are running That's scared right. today? That's right.
1: so good. What do you got? That one voice, that one. it because it's for another time but God's been speaking to me about all of the division and if he can get us to hate one another we're not one voice it's that one voice God I pray right now in the name of Jesus for love to be poured out in such an abundance from the kingdom thrown into our hearts that love would overwhelm us you are the great I am there is nothing greater than the great I am and together with one voice there is no power in hell that can stand against us and right now in the name of Jesus we choose to declare your name with one voice one voice we do not look the Bible tells us that God does not look on the outward appearance of man that he's looking on the heart and we are to have the same eyes that God has with the Holy Spirit on the inside of us we don't look at the outward appearance we look from the heart and with God nothing is impossible all things are possible to him who believes and with one voice we declare all things are possible to him Who believes. In the name of Jesus, say that all things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible to him who believes because he is the great I am. That was a handoff.
0: (laughs) Almost missed a handoff. Let's, uh, let's, let's just pray real quick. I know some of y'all were in that pray, pray mode there for a minute. Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much that we can come together, one body, one voice, one mind, to say, Jesus is King. And so, Lord, we thank you. We praise you for what you're doing in this place, what you continue to do week after week, what you continue to do as we come together as one people. Serving one God, one Father. We thank you so much for all that you are and all that you do. Today we put ourselves in a position to hear from heaven. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, we're gonna get some stuff set up here on the stage. If you would turn around and tell somebody hello, give them a high five, give them a hug, whatever you feel like doing fist bump.
1: good-looking crowd this morning, look at somebody next to you and say, I am so (laughs) good-looking. I'm so (sighs) good-looking. Man, we want to say welcome to our online community. If there's nobody sitting with you, just look in your phone right now and say, I am so good-looking. I am so good-looking. God outdid himself when he made me, right? He made me in his likeness and in his image, and I am proof that God is good looking, right? You don't sound like you believe that. Do it again. Look at Kenneth says, I believe. All right. (laughs) Good deal. Hey, we have something so fun planned for you guys today. Did you bring your fun pants? Okay. We have fun planned for you today. Uh, Last month, not this month, but the last month uh, for N3C Women, Candice and her team had in uh, Ashley Martinez to come in and speak to the ladies. And she spoke to us concerning something that they are very, very passionate about, her and her husband, Tommy. And I came home and I was telling Darren all about this evening. And I said, this was so good. We, uh, first of all, I have to say, listening to Ashley, I thought, That okay, she's from Texas, so number one, I love her for that. But secondly, I was like, that girl is amazing. So, anyway, she talked to us about godly finances and godly prosperity. There's a lot of confusion concerning godly prosperity that has circulated over the years in the church. And anyway, listening to Ashley talk, I came home and I was telling Darren, this was so good. And he was so excited about what all of the ladies learned about. And I said, my only sadness is that the men didn't get to hear it because all of these women left with their pants on fire and they're going to go home and their husbands are going to be like, woman, you need to calm down. But talking to Darren about it, Darren had an idea.
0: Yeah. You know. The the thing about it is, is you got you you ladies that went home with your pants on fire with, <laughs> with uh, motivation, come in and talk to your husbands. Sometimes husbands are like, hmm, just chill, you know, just chill. <laughs> we're we're fine. <laughs> I got this. But my deal was, look, instead of the ladies having to motivate their husbands, why don't we just all get together and hear this for ourselves? Yeah. And so. Yeah. Let's, let's uh, you know, one of the things I've learned in big leadership conferences and things like that is bring the right people to the table. If you're going to sit down and talk about something, bring the right people to the table. So we decided to bring the right people to the table. And uh, Ashley Martinez is bringing her husband, Tommy, to the table. And he's got a, he's got a lot of words to say. <laughs> and then Ashley Cole is bringing her husband to the table, Roy. And he's got a whole bunch of words.
1: A bunch of words.
0: But, uh, no, we, we just decided let's bring the right people to the table. Let's talk about finances. You know, one of the scriptures that, that we're, a lot of people are familiar with is out of First Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. It says that the love of money is the root of all evil. And so people sometimes hear that and they say, well, money is the root of all evil. No, it said the love of money is the root of all evil. We need, to, we need to talk, we, church needs to talk about money, not about prosperity so much as money. Because uh, Psalm 23 says that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That word yeah. want means to lack for anything.
1: Yeah.
0: For us to not to lack for anything means that we've got to have money. And if you have money, you've got to know how to manage that money. Right, right. So that's what we are bringing to the table in light of what the future is going to do here in Cowboy Church what what we're going to do in the future. So we thought we'd just bring the right people to the table. So I
1: heard one time somebody <laughs> said that sometimes people think, well, if I just had more money, all my problems would be solved. Actually, what happens is if you do have more money and you still have problems, you don't have anything to blame it on then. So <laughs> we're going to talk today about how to manage with God's wisdom. Yeah. And you guys, I want to say this. When we left here on that that night of N3C Women, my 18-year-old daughter talked all the way home about what she heard that night. So if my 18-year-old daughter got inspired by God listening to this, I am expecting a bunch from you guys, for you guys. That's what I'm going to say. I'm expecting a bunch for you guys. So with that.
0: With that, let's...
1: Let's bring our guests to the stage. So Tom and Ashley, Tommy and Ashley, if you guys would come up, and Roy and Ashley, you guys, come on up. You guys, give them a Cowboy Church welcome. Thank you. Look, you made it. You made it.
0: All right, all right. This is a a little different than normal. Um, Let me turn your mic on there. So that Roy can talk all his
2: words
1: (laughs) and everybody can hear him. So we had this week, uh, last week, uh, Ashley had us over to the house for dinner and we sat and had, I felt like we could have talked all night, just such great conversation and such great fellowship. So why don't you guys, if you guys would just tell us a little bit of your story, let everybody get to know you guys a little bit. So tell us how you guys got to this place. (laughs) Yes, keep... Yeah, you're good. Okay.
3: Okay. He'll get you. Um, So we met, and we will have been married seven years this year, this August. Um, And we got married in August... Closer. Am I good now? There you go. Okay. (laughs) I can talk real loud. Um, So we got married in August, and before we got married, I had grown up in Dallas, and the phrase... You know, keeping up with the Joneses is very Dallas, right? Like, so you go buy new high heels for the weekend, and you, you know, go out to eat, and you drive the fanciest car, and you do all the things. Thankfully, when I moved up to Colorado, single, I had some money in my pocket and no debt. Huge. And then when I got up here, I got kind of lazy. It's more expensive up here, you know? And so I was doing Dave Ramsey, um, and I had never taken a class. I just was like, I I want to have a house one day. I want to, you know, have a future. I got to, like, get my stuff in order. So then when we got married, I convinced him. There's some newlywed tears, manipulation, whatever <laughs> we were talking the other night, um, to do the Dave Ramsey class with me. So we jumped in as newlyweds and did that three months later. Um, and we both say that's the best thing we ever did for our marriage. But it was so wonderful to have guidance on how to talk about money and other people were giving us these questions to ask each other and to guide that conversation. And I think what we found along the way through paying off debt and taking this class was just that at the core of everything almost is money. Do we switch jobs? Do we buy a bigger house? Do we put our kid in soccer for $45 this season? Like, the root of that conversation is money. And so it really, I think, was huge for us, and I'll let him talk too, mm-hmm. to, like, <laughs> I could sit up here and talk all day. Right. Um, it was huge for us to get on the same page with our finances because it aligned us in how to give our children gifts. Mm-hmm. And it aligned us in where do we want to be in 10 years. And it aligned us in just all of those, like, little decisions. Do we have a date night every week or do we not? The world tells you you need those things, but I don't know. We're happy eating chips and salsa on the counter on a Friday <laughs> night, you know, Cause beans and rice, baby. So do you have anything
4: you want to add? Um, no, I mean, really, it's just like what she said. I think is one of the best things we kind of did for our marriage. Um, and it's <clears throat> it's it's a continuous cycle because I think we've taught a few classes, and it's every time we, we do them, we kind of revamp our, our finances again because you, you get on track and then you get away from it. And then, so it's a good way to kind of give back, but it's also—it's just—it's—we're by no means. I don't feel like financial experts, and so take what we all say up here with a grain of salt, because we're every time we do this, we're we're learning stuff, and we're still making mistakes and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I don't. I, <coughs> I guess that's. <coughs> excuse me. Our kind of financial journey is, like she said, through that and just. Um, yeah, I mean, after we met, we paid off debt, we kind of did the Dave Ramsey stuff and just, I don't know, it's, it's been really good.
0: Cool. Um, yeah. you know, <laughs> the, the, the big thing about it is, is, is the word testimony in the Bible, the word testimony, and you and you're going to hear all their, um, testimonies, but the word testimony, the the root word in the Hebrew means that he'll do it again. So what you hear from them is not God's special thing for them. It's more of God's presence on them that they can say, or, or God can say, I can do that for you as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I know that in this sea of people and people watching online, that that everybody's not out of debt. Um, as a matter of fact, daily, there could be people going further and further into debt. So that's the the, the, the part of the testimony that you need to hear from these is that you can be free in your finances. So what about you guys? What's, what's, uh, what, what did God do for you guys?
2: Well, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Roy and I were married um, July of 2019. Um, our good Christian friend, Ken, spoke to us before we got married about finances and Dave Ramsey and Financial Peace University. Um, then three months later, Ashley and Tommy announced that they were holding an FPU class and we we jumped on board. Um, obviously not the first marriage for either one of us. So we both came into the marriage um, with some financial baggage, I'll call it. Not just debt, but um, what we had been through in our past marriages with our exes and finances. Um, we didn't know how to talk about finances. We didn't know how to get on the same page. Um, I was hesitant to combine finances just because I didn't, we didn't know how to do it. We didn't know how to talk about it. We didn't know what to do. We were living paycheck to paycheck. Some months we were juggling bills. I was crying at night because I didn't know what we were going to do. Um, and this class was was absolutely a blessing to us. Um, our lives have changed. Our marriage has changed. Every night that we went home from a class, we had just the best conversations about money and finances because we didn't know how to talk about it. nobody, nobody really explained how to talk about finances as a married couple before. Um, so it gave us a plan, it gave us a shared vision. Um, and you know it's, it's been an incredible journey. you know we were on the track to be debt free this month or not this month, but this year. Yes. Um, in a couple of months we'll be completely debt- free, and we couldn't have done it without this, honestly. we, we really couldn't have.
1: I love that, that you guys had shared that, that coming to the classes is a commitment, but one of the benefits of coming to the classes is that you guys had great conversations. Actually, I mean, how many married couples would say that as we had great conversations on our way home about finances? How many couples would say, I would love to be able to have a great conversation and say, wow, that was great talking to my spouse about finances. And you guys did that.
2: Yeah, honestly, and, and we're coordinators too, and it's the same thing. Like every time we go through a class, we'll watch the videos again, and we get more out of it every single time that we that we watch it and we walk with others on the same journey that we're going through. And it's we couldn't have been able to do it, honestly. And we have such peace going into each month knowing that our bills are covered, our major expenses are covered every single month, and it's it, it can't explain the peace you get from that. Yeah,
1: yeah we have learned over the years in visiting with couples and couples that are getting married, that there will be three areas that will affect a marriage and cause problems in a marriage. And it is communication, sex, and money. And if the money is not good. The communication about money is not good. Then the sex is not good. <laughs> so like, it's all intertwined and everything affects. If you want good sex, you got to have good communication, right? We need to talk about this in church. <laughs> so, but it is, it's all combined because if you're fighting about finances during the day, you're not looking forward to mission possible at night, right? So for the real, but I love that you guys are coming from a place of starting your marriage out three, three months into your marriage. Uh, you guys jumped into this class together, but you were coming from some different backgrounds and we'll get to that in just a minute. But you guys were coming from a place where you both were married previously. And I loved Roy, what you shared about the difference that this has made. So if you could share Your story to me was very inspiring, and I know that there are a lot of people that will really connect with your story.
5: Yeah, so being married before, um, talking about finances was kind of like a dirty word. Like, you just didn't want to do it, because you didn't want to create a fight, so you just kept silent. So, um, give a shout-out to my uh, financial peace university group. I think they're watching, so... um. Anyhow, so... Like she said, I've always lived paycheck to paycheck, and I've made some really good money, I've done really good things, but it doesn't matter how much money you make, because you're always gonna spend, or someone will spend it for you. So um, I worked in an oil field for quite a while, and I made a lot of money, but when I went, because I worked in North Dakota, I would have to worry about fuel getting home. How am I going to eat there for two weeks? But I'm making great money. And it never made sense to me, but I could never talk about it. Hmm. So this, for us, is so freeing for me. Like, it's been a huge, huge blessing. Like, we did our class. We always ask questions, like, what's the dumbest thing you've ever done with money? And I was like, One of the dumbest things I ever did with money was take out of my four oh one K. I got divorced, I didn't have no money, bought furniture, rent. But I got to start thinking about it. And the dumbest thing I ever done with money was let someone else control it and not have a voice. So
1: That is so powerful. I wrote that down. (laughs) (laughs) Like
5: it's like this is so great. Like I'm really shy and I don't like talk, but just for us to do the classes and watch other people succeed with something that's not ever been taught. Like, they don't teach finances in school. They don't show you how to manage money, manage a checkbook, get on a budget. So nobody knows, you know, until you actually learn how to do it, you're just clueless, you know. You're just day to day, you know, we'll get it next week. We'll put it on the credit card. We'll, you know, so it's great for us this October. Really Oops, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, October, we got a chance to go to Nashville and uh, do a class like a Smart. yeah Smart Conference with Dave Ramsey. We got to meet like the personalities, and but it's so great because it's not just about finances; it's about marriage, about being a better parent. There's mental health. mental health. There's just so much with this class. It's just great. So,
1: one of the things that you had shared was as, and this is why I wanted to ask this: is as a man, and being in a marriage, uh, your experience previous, uh, as what you explained, I'll focus on on this blessing the woman sitting next mm-hmm. to you and as a man being a hard worker being the one who carries the weight of the finances as as men men naturally carry the weight for the financial well-being of your household and if that financial well-being is not good then men carry a weight for that right. would, would you agree yeah. so your situation before previously now tell what it is like to be a man who is married to a woman who is on the same page as you in your financial pursuits as a household.
5: Sure. Um, yeah, I just love her so much. Like, we, like we talk, and it's, just, it's different for me because my first marriage was not anything like this. Like When she would go to bed crying over finances, it just hurt my heart, you know? And I didn't know how to fix it. Like, I'll be honest, like right now in this time, I'm making less money than I probably did when I was like 20 years old, 20s, right? But I have more money in my bank account than I ever have. And it's so crazy and so awesome, you know, but she keeps it on track. Like just the conversations and the love we have for each other and. Like, we just, we've learned how to talk, like, it's just great.
1: So this class helps, it puts tools in your hands. Absolutely. Like, that you could pull out and really use. Absolutely. What is one, like, just a a starting point that you guys jumped off at for conversation?
2: It would really be the budget. I mean, the budget's really the base of of all of this. And so after that very first night, you know, I was hesitant to combine our finances when we first got married. But after that first night, I was like, that's it. We're combining finances. It's our income. It's our debt. This is ours to to deal with together. And so the budget, I got a, had a paper and a pencil and just wrote it all out. And and the budget was the very first thing. I'm the nerd. I'm the super nerd. <laughs> super nerd right here. I'm, I'm about the numbers. I got the numbers. Um, but we still have budget meetings. Every couple of weeks, we get paid t- um, every two weeks. And so we'll sit down and we'll go. He would be happy to just hand me the budget and be like, you do it, it's fine. But that's not how this works, right? He still has to, we have to be a part of this together,
1: right? So that's, the budget's huge. The budget, that's good. And you guys, um, you had said that one of the biggest things was the fear about talking about that, like sitting down and getting the pad and paper out and talking about budget. So you guys had talked about overcoming the fear. You have to do that to be able to step into this class and to, be, to really get something out of it. So would you guys address that?
4: Um, <clears throat> yeah, I guess, I mean... It's like you were saying, as a, as a guy and the, the head of the house, you just always worry about finances. And so when when we got married, I was always just, you know, I, I had put away in savings and stuff, but I was more, like, fearful and, I guess, hoarded it in savings instead of – I had savings, but I also had debt. And so instead of, like, using that to pay off debt, I just – that was my nest egg to provide for our, our, our marriage and our family. And even now, like, having kids, it's like, okay – if something happens, you know, like that's my safety net, I guess. And um, I guess one of the cool things with this, though, is you get so far into it and you, you get your debt paid off and everything. And then it's like obviously as crazy as this year has been, it gives you almost that that peace of mind and that freedom because you do have savings and you don't have debt. And so when something happens and you're sitting at home for a couple of weeks because there's no work or you, you lost your job, something like that, it's you're not – panicking and you're not like in debt to anybody it's just it's very i guess it's very freeing um and that's what i call financial peace <laughs> but um yeah i think it's just Just I I kind of remember what the question was but
3: <laughs> it's good when we were talking initially about we were talking and we were like it really takes humility to humble yourself and be like all right i'm going to I'm going to like put out there that I need to take this class. And it's probably because I'm not in a perfect financial situation. And then when we were all talking, you used the word vulnerability, which I thought was so good um, because that is really hard. You know, I remember, I mean, even when I stood up here and talked in January, the hardest thing I had to say was that I had to look at my own business and be like, not only is this as profitable as I want it to be, um, but is this the best use of my time and resources and our money for getting our family forward? Having a clothing boutique is fun, and it's a sexy job, and it's cool. Everybody wants to be your friend if you have clothes. But, <laughs> but I, had to find, I really had to be vulnerable and, like, have some humility. And we had to talk a lot. Like, this is not what's going to push our family forward as a whole, you know? Like, and so I think the class is the same way. Like, if you're going to go into it, like, go into it with both feet. Like, when I joked earlier and said, you know, I cried and was like, please do this. It's not because he wasn't good with money. It's because he didn't want to go to using cash envelopes. And that had been working so good for me because I'm a spender. I like, I like to work hard and then reward myself, you know. And so that worked good for me because I knew there was, you know, $40 in this envelope, and I didn't have to feel bad if I spent it. So I needed to to have that, like, gratification in my life to, like, stay on track. You know, like running a marathon. Like, I needed the little water stations along the way to make it to the end. Um, But he was good. He didn't need that accountability. So it was really awesome for that is one thing I think we learned to do really well because of walking through that together is, like, learning what each other needs. And that is so huge in a marriage because I remember somebody told me once – Marriage, a lot of your problems come from your expectations of what you expect. You expect it to be like how it was for your parents or you expect it to be this perfect, we go on a date night every Friday and we have everything together and we whatever or I expect them to say I love you all the time and give me hugs all the time. And not everybody's a physical touch and words of affirmation type person. So for him to come alongside me and say, okay, she needs that like gratification sometimes along the way, those little wins. I think that's been huge because it's we've learned so much about what each other needs and then that's supported us in all the other areas of our life. That yes. was a so long answer.
0: Good. Uh, so that's <laughs> good. Um, good so you'd started out there with a couple of things that we had talked about the other night at the table. Um, you know, for men, the, the, the pride that we carry, the, the, uh, we're the breadwinners of the house and, and, you know, we go out and make all this money and bring it home or whatever. Um, I don't need financial peace because I bring the money home and she takes care of it. Um, and that's, that's where, when we're talking about Financial Peace University, when we're talking about what's, what, what we're going to be doing with the class, um, pride in us men don't want to come to the table with that. Um, that's where humility and vulnerability come in. We've got, as men, we have to be vulnerable. We have to be humble in order to, um, in order to make the, the finances of the house right. Uh, and so, you know, for years I had, uh, of our marriage, we I had laid that you pay the bills type of deal on her. And there came a day that we were, she wasn't mismanaging, she wasn't, um, you know, making mistakes, but there came a day when I had to humble myself and I had to be vulnerable with with the the direction of our household, the vision of our household, that I had to take those finances not away from her because she gladly said, here, you can do this. And, um, and I was never a good... When we got married, she married me in my notes. She was, she was debt-free, and I was the one that was, had us all in debt. But uh, when, I, when I laid down my pride and, and really looked at things, I started doing the books, then things started shifting. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that I was so good. It was that God is good when you start being vulnerable and let putting down your pride.
1: Well, we had just, I I had, like you said, I came from the background. My dad taught me to budget when I went to college. He had the envelopes and we sat down and here's how much you have for this. Here's how much you have for this. I mean, I had a a spreadsheet. I had, I mean, my dad sent me off well-prepared. And so I did, I learned how to manage finances. I learned if you have a credit card, you can put half of it, you know, pay half cash and Pay this here, but then you pay that off when you get the statement. You don't carry a balance. And um, anyway, so the, the conversation was, "Well, you're better at handling finances, so you take care of the finances." And that I think that's pretty common for to put that on one. But then I can also say that it, and it wasn't that he was trying to be negligent. It was just honestly, I, and I think being vulnerable, there was some fear oh, I in didn't you have any taking, care, in taking of the, care of it. Right, right. <laughs> I knew
0: how
1: to (laughs) spin. I don't think I balanced my checkbook. But the thing was, as a woman carrying the weight of the finances for our household, it was a huge open door that the enemy was using to inspire fear in me, and I was carrying a tremendous amount of fear. And as soon as we shifted that. To where he was the one that was leading that in our home, then the financial situation in our home shifted. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And it's so easy for us to come humbly to God uh, when we need healing, when we need peace, when we need um, restoration for something, or when we need wisdom about something, and why we don't go to God Hum- humbly about our finances, I'm not really sure. I don't really know why we don't. I, I, I think it's fear.
2: I, I think it's fear and shame. You know, I think, Oh, that's good. I think yeah. that
1: a lot of times we get ourselves
2: in a spot and we don't know how to get ourselves out, but we don't know who to reach out to. We don't know who to talk to. We don't know how to get ourselves out, and it becomes a, a never-ending cycle, right, of yeah. putting things on credit cards or... Um, racking up loans and living a life beyond your means when it's just when we took this class it's about being content with what you have learning to be content and knowing that there's a light at the end of the tunnel for you there's a way out there's a way to be completely debt-free there's a way to retire comfortably and not have stress and fear in your life
1: that is, that was actually a credit card commercial. Do you guys remember that? The, the thing in the commercial was live beyond your means. And I think you, one of you had said something about the adults are actually just big kids that want bigger toys. And how, okay, t- can you share with us how, because there is a contentment when you invite God into your life. And especially giving him your finances, God, there is a contentment when we're walking hand in hand with God. So how did you guys step into that place of contentment in the bigger toys and and all of that?
3: Okay. Um, I will definitely speak to this one because I was, <laughs> I was the one, and I was not, because we didn't, I think I was 28 when we got married. And so I had lived, like, it wasn't like I was 22, fresh out of college, like, and move from my daddy's finances to his finances. You know, um, I had time on my own, so I wasn't completely irresponsible, but I did like to spend money. And one thing that I will always remember: on Saturday, I was a teacher, and on Saturday afternoons, you know, it's Saturday's a family day, right? So when you're young and single, you have to fill your day with something. Um, I loved shopping. So I would go to home goods and buy a candle and I'd go buy a new top for a date that weekend. And I'd go buy a new picture for the, you know, and I had fun doing it and you grab a coffee while you're out and you, and you know, $300 later you're back home. And you know, m- during my time there, I wasn't necessarily living beyond my means, but I could have gotten myself so much further ahead, you know? And one thing I have really come to realize is that your finances and how you handle them are so much a reflection of your emotions Mm. on the inside. Like having the self-control to not, whatever it is, a sweet tea, a Diet Coke, a coffee, food, to not go get that when you're having a bad day and be like, I'm going to turn to him. I'm not going to spend the money. All those things is huge. And I think it's been really cool to see how God has used different strengths and personality traits and backgrounds in our marriage because he has taught me so much about being content. I remember if you were at Women's Night, you kind of heard my story about our very first Christmas together. My family always did gifts big and like, that's just what you do. If you're going to give a gift, you do it well and you do it big. And I'm a giver and I love to do that. And it's just not as important to you because it's not how you love people. Is that fair? Like, and... So our first Christmas together, I'm all amped up because he's got nieces and nephews. I'm like, we're going to do all these presents. It's going to be awesome. And he's like, we can go to the dollar store. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I mean, Target. <laughs> anyway, oh, man, there it was a lot. It was a lot of fighting because we were in our Dave Ramsey class and we're paying off all the debt and doing all the things and doing the budget and sitting down together every two weeks, you know, and we were doing really awesome. Like we were doing good. So I'm like, sweet, we can spend 500 bucks on Christmas. Like it's cool. And it was not cool. And so (laughs) It like, we always joke because I was like Scrooge and Grinch and all the names and it, it has taught me, though, over the years with our own children not to show my love for them through gifts. And that is that is such a gift for me because um, I know I asked my parents, I asked my mom one time, I know it's easy to think about all the things we do good as parents, and, and it's also easy to, like, guilt trip yourself in your head. So I asked my mom one day, I said, what would you do differently? Like, what would you have done differently with all of us? And she said, I would have given you less. And that was huge for me. And I was like, yes, my kids can have the $10 used wagon off Facebook Marketplace. They don't need the $75 new wagon, you know, and like, I don't know. Because most
1: of the time they play with the box anyway. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah.
3: (laughs) And they break it within an hour. Yeah. But the contentment piece, that has, because truly coming from Dallas where... Oh, my gosh, I drive an 11-year-old car now, and that would never <laughs> fly, you know? So I have become just such this, like, content person, and that's a lot, and thanks to you and just the lifestyle that you've led us in.
0: So um, this last year has taught us a lot about um, what can happen suddenly. You know, we're coming up on the year anniversary or whatever of, of the season that we've been living in, and, um, you know, there's, there's emergency things that you guys have learned how to get through those things. Because, you know, you, you put up money for a rainy day because you're going to have rainy days, so to speak, you know. And, and so with our culture moving towards a cashless society, people are living more, especially when they hit a rainy day and don't have it uh, stocked up. They they live more for cards and and credit cards, debit cards, things like that. I, debit card is a little different, but the credit card is where it really pounds you. And so, as people have lived through this 2020 thing, um, what what did you what have you guys learned through Financial Peace University about those kinds of things and and preparing for those kinds of things?
2: Sure. So so when the pandemic COVID hit. Um, we, had of our emergency fund, we're, we're staying on track, but I'm a part-time hourly employee for the city of Fort Collins. So there came a point where I wasn't sure I was going to keep my job, honestly. There was that uncertainty and that unknown, and so we did, um, what Ramsey advises, we paused the baby steps, we piled up some cash, you know, waiting for the storm to come. When the storm didn't come, I w- knew my job was safe, then we hit play, and we actually paid off the Subaru, um and then continued on and i knew going into it that no matter what happened we had a budget and we had a plan and our four walls were covered regardless and that was unbelievably comforting mm-hmm. um going into that unknown and the chaos knowing that we had a plan and our four walls were protected
1: yeah. you had spoken to that roy saying that as a as a man leading through that that The, as opposed to where you could have been in a different season of life, that going through 2020, married to your beautiful wife, Mm -hmm. that there was just peace.
5: Yeah, it was peaceful. Like, she had a plan, and we stuck to that plan. And it's funny because she'd be like, "Hey, we have enough money to pay off the Subaru," and I'm like, "Whoa, Uh, you you know that looks really good in the bank account. Like, I'm not sure I want to do that." So I think it took us an extra couple months just because I was hesitant, but. Yeah, so we paid off the Subaru, and we also paid off my truck, too. So it was just huge, like, just piling that cash, and just little things, like, going out to dinner, it's, you know, you go out to dinner, it's $100, like,
1: mm-hmm.
5: and most time when we go out to dinner, I'm like, oh, I could have probably cook better than that,
1: you know, <laughs> so. Like, we need to have dinner at their house, too. <laughs> yeah.
5: So it's just little things like that, like, you just stop going out to dinner, you little things like do you really need all that you know do you need like we'll do she orders groceries on online just so you don't go in the store mm-hmm. and walk around and then you're throwing 15 extra things yes in the basket yeah. right you so, know i don't
0: i don't want to go to the store when i'm not hungry me too <laughs> uh, i want to sit in my chair
5: <laughs> but then i go to the store when i'm hungry and that's yeah, yeah So she yeah does the same thing so yeah we just do it online because we've it saves money and then you don't really have the extra stuff. So, yeah, but it's been a blessing. I mean, just through that, like, even my job, because I'm in construction, like, I didn't know if we'd be able to work, if we'd be able to go into people's houses. So it was scary for me, but we did did really good. So, yeah.
1: I think it's so important, just you guys have talked about it, and you guys have talked about it, how – We were sharing when we first when we first got married that we had we had we were in the hole. We had less than no money. (laughs) We I we were talking about it. I think our first three years that we were married, we made less than ten thousand dollars a year. Yeah, Yeah. we didn't
0: have to we didn't have to even fill out anything for tax return.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They're like we owe you money. (laughs)
0: It's more like who are you. Right. We don't even
1: know who you are. Um, But the thing about it is, and I want to say this, no matter where you're at, if you're first starting out or if you have been married for years, something that we found was being creative. I think it's easy. I love what you said about giving gifts. It's easy to go the route of the more you spend, the the bigger the gift, the more the wow factor. But I just want to say this, that for no matter where you're at in your marriage it's not about how much the gift costs it's doing the little things together that mean more than anything and finding that creativity we we came up with all kinds of ways and I'm sure that you guys have of just being creative like you said on date night and doing things that mean something for your spouse that doesn't have to be a big grand big dollar amount but that takes, that takes intentionality and a decision together to do that, right?
5: Yeah.
1: I love, uh, Darren got an email, and I'm just going to say it. Mr. Kenneth sent Darren an email, and he said that um, people give flowers when someone dies. He said, but I believe in giving flowers while a person is still alive. And he wrote an email just that was a beautiful uh, expression of his heart, for Darren and that meant so much. And so there's a lot of things that you can do oh, yeah. without spending any much chips and salsa or, <laughs> from the dollar store. Right.
4: Kind of going back to the contentment thing, I, I wanted to say like it's, it makes it so much easier to be content when you receive like the title for your, your truck mm. and, that truck is now yours, and so it's easy to be content with that. Or, like, the email saying your student loans are paid off. And it's just that that feeling is better than even, like, having the money in the bank and seeing that, that, that amount sitting there on, you know, like, when you go check your account online and stuff. So yeah, I think that really helps with the contentment, at least for me, you know. But, yeah. So
1: Yes. One of the – well, it was. I think it was the first fight that we ever got into – when we got I married, that's good. <laughs> I <I'm> forgiven <laughs> was, yeah, I know, I know, <laughs> but it was in this, we shared this at dinner the other night, it was over money. And we were at a conference, a Christian conference that friends of ours had taken us to. And we were in our hotel room, getting ready to go back to uh, the next session. And Darren announces to me in the hotel room that he thinks that we're supposed to give $200 in the next session to give that when they take up the offering. <laughs> are you out of your ever loving mind? That was my thought. We had,
0: we had $220 in our checking account.
1: Yes. And we were in Dallas and had to get back to Madisonville, Texas. And I'm like thinking, okay, diesel is 99 cents a gallon. How are we going to get, are you going to flap your arms real hard? How are you planning that we're going to get home? I mean, fear is totally she wasn't
0: thinking that she was saying
1: that. <laughs> That's when the fight started. <laughs> I fear had so much control over me. I was coming from a place of fear of having things taken away and suddenly having nothing. And um so that was our first fight is him wanting to give and I was doing everything that I could, including tears, including throwing myself down on the bed to manipulate him into not doing what God was putting in his heart to do. I thought you were crazy.
0: That was, it was a cereal aisle fit. You know, <laughs> like when kids throw themselves down and start spinning.
2: Yes. That's,
0: you know, because they want cat and crunch. That's that, right. That, that was one of those. But the, the end of the matter was, is we did give. That. And
1: what happened?
0: And then um, I had a debt. Um, I had a debt with a chiropractor back in, back in my hometown. And, and um, the chiropractor was at that meeting. Him and his staff were at that meeting. And he saw us in the hallway. And I had been given like $5 a month Every towards month we a were $600 dollar yeah. debt to him. And he comes up to me. We had given... Gone out into the to the hallway, and he saw me, and he says, "Darren, I want to forgive your debt." So he forgave six hundred dollars in debt, and I don't think, honestly, I don't think that would have happened had we not given, had I not suffered. Yes. That, but but yeah, I mean, we we had our first fight, but that was. Then we saw the, I mean, it was immediate. Yeah. And I'm not saying that if you, if you get on board with this, God's going to immediately bring a miracle to your life, but there will be a miracle that happens as you begin to move into uh, properly um, getting the tools that you need to, to get out of debt.
1: That has been something both of you guys talked about that for, for us, the ability to be generous and to give, and then to watch when your tithe is actually more than what your entire income was when we first got married. It's like, you know, when our tithe was a dollar, we were, Darren taught me how to tithe. I did not know how to give your 10% of your income, and my husband taught me that. He led me in that. But you guys talked about the blessing of, being generous and and having the freedom to be able to do that without fear. Can you guys just share some of your story about that? You
2: know, the great thing about being on a budget. Everybody thinks a budget's a dirty word, but the budget is actually permission to spend. It's permission to give, and it's honestly the first time that we were able to tithe was when we became when we got on a budget, and it's amazing that the the doors that open and you have to open your eyes to what's going on around you and just being able to, you know, pay for a couple's dinner, you know, that we see out or, um, you know, send a check and pay off some school lunches um, for kids. You know, those kinds of things, you know, we wouldn't have been able to do that before at all. And um, it's not about getting the recognition for it. It's just about being able to bless others, you know, in ways that we've been blessed.
3: Yeah. I remember we were sitting down, and obviously last year was a weird year because there wasn't a ton to go do. It's not like we were traveling, um, and I'm, I don't know, we mo- with the kids, I mostly hang out outside, so it's not like I'm taking them to do things that cost money a lot last year. But I remember we were doing the budget one time, um, and I'd kind of written it all out, and we were going over it, and I said, you know what is crazy? Um between just tithe and other things we had done that month for people who needed it, we were able to give more than what we needed for our personal budget that one month. And I was like, this feels so good. And we are doing it from a place of peace. Hmm. Like I know that's always been a thing for me over the years. I would watch these people like generously give and generously give when they were drowning You know, because they did not have their finances organized. And like, I don't know. I feel like there are times when God calls you to step out and he gives you an amount and he says, you go do this like that. And then there are times where it's just not thought through and it's not. And your foundation under you is falling apart, but you're giving because it looks good. And Mm -hmm. God calls you to have your household in order and to have those things in order. And I know for women, and Dave Ramsey talks about this in his class, there's like a little thing in there in your gut, you know, that just, it feels good when things are in order and Mm -hmm. when the finances are peaceful, like your soul is just at rest, you know, and that opens up so much trust in your marriage and other things. But I think that has been really fun over the years just to be able to see a need and fill it. And we don't really have to think too hard about it anymore and I remember last year it just like man to find contentment at the end of 2020 was like (laughs) you know but but truly because it was I know I had times of living in like great fear because you didn't know what was happening and you didn't know oh man all the things the politics the health the finances the jobs the whatever but then to come full circle at the end of the year and just see like how God is so faithful in your finances and so faithful in his protection of your health and so faithful in h- giving you a house to worship in with like-minded people, you know, and then to be able to pour that blessing out in a financial way is huge. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Got anything? I was, I was uh, th- I'm transitioning to you, uh, the, I was transitioning back. <laughs> it's like, it's like tennis. <laughs> um, well, you, you know, um with what's what's, ha- what's coming, we're, we're talking today because there is a class that's coming up that you guys are going to be a part of, um, that you guys are going to lead. And um, would, would you guys say that no matter where anyone's at financially, there may be people sitting here going, I'm good, but they don't have a budget. I'm good, but they don't have uh, a plan going forward. Would, would you say that... The Financial Peace University is good for all across the board, wherever they're at, whether they're deep in debt or out of debt, it would still do them good.
2: Yeah, whether whether somebody's single, married, been married forever, just married, it, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't matter? You know, we we didn't start this till we were in our mid 40s, and you know we're still gonna we're, we're on a plan to retire very comfortably. And before we thought we were gonna work all the way as long as we possibly could. So I don't think that there's, it's good for everybody. Yeah.
1: What about for somebody, go ahead, Tommy, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, what if somebody is saying, but you don't know my situation and my situation is impossible or I'm so far in, I would be so embarrassed for anybody to even have a glimpse into what my situation is. What would you guys, what would your heart be for them?
4: I think it was like Pastor Darren was saying earlier about, humility and stuff like the way i look at the classes if you're going to take it don't don't not take it because people are just because you're scared of somebody like looking into your finances or being like i don't want to be told what to do with my money and how to do it because i'm not like i said i'm nowhere near a financial expert so i'm not looking to tell anybody how to do things it's just we've used these tools in our personal experience and i mean we've talked to so many people that have done this and you look at 20 years later and they're ready to retire and they're just such, they've like been able to give and stuff. And it's just such neat stories and stuff, but it's, it's the tools. I mean, it's, it's like working out or something. I mean, if you, if you're doing it wrong, you're not going to get the results, but if you to just take the time and learn how to do it correct, you're going to get better results on less, less effort, I guess, mm-hmm. or less work. Mm-hmm. So I think overall, I think it's just, it's just opening yourself up to a different way of things. And it's not necessarily because you're doing it wrong. I mean, you may have, you may make a ton of money. You may have it in the bank and stuff. But like I said, for us, it's just I was always scared to pay off my debt. And I had the money sitting there. It just wasn't going in the right place. And so doing things in a different way can maybe spring spring you ahead a little quicker into a, a better place. And so I don't know.
3: I think, too, like – Don't be intimidated whether you make $20,000 a year or $120,000 a year. Because how successful you are with that money you make is how well you manage it. Mm. And that is what this class teaches you. And just, I mean, to give you a sense of it, you come in, um, you sit down, you watch like a 35 to 45-minute DVD of Dave talking. So it is not us up here teaching. He is doing the talking and he walks you through it. He is hilarious, so it's not, like, dry and boring. Um, and then there's questions that we talk about. When we've taught classes before, we've seen people who are like, here's all the things. Help us, you know. And they tell us all the numbers, and they want to dig into it. And that's, that's great. You know, we love doing that. That's awesome. Awesome. But then we have other people who want to keep that more private and they want to drive home and have the conversation and put the numbers on paper at home and they have the tools to be able to do it. So it, if you're scared to open up, like you were saying, about your actual numbers, it doesn't have to be that. It is not somebody sitting there judging you for that $40,000 car note, you know, and I think that's that's really huge because I think that's scary for a lot of people. i coach some people on their finances and stuff, and it's always sit down and tears. And I, it's, I feel that because, like, it is so emotional. Like I said at the beginning, every decision you make, how you provide for your kids, the food you put on the table, the way you love your spouse, all these things kind of starts with where your heart is with money. Mm-hmm. And so the class the class is so good. Even if you don't feel like you need it, one thing that I would say is if you and your spouse, even if you make a lot of money, okay, or it's not, it doesn't feel stressful, it will help open up doors for conversations that you might never have had otherwise, and that will open up a future that you would have never had otherwise.
1: That's so good. I think one of the, in, in our experience, the things that cause you the most amount of fear are the things that are kept in the dark, and the things that you're afraid to talk about, the very th- you're afraid to talk about it. So it's the things that, those are the things that the enemy uses to torture you with. And it's those things that you keep pushing in the back of the closet or sweeping under the rug and not wanting to talk about it, not wanting to bring up something that will cause a fight, not wanting to have a disagreement and or not wanting to... I don't even want to look at it because it's going to be bad. It's going to be really bad. And I don't even want to look at how bad it's going to be. And if I look at how bad it's going to be, then it makes it even worse. And so we just turn the lights out and just keep it in the dark. And it's that very thing that the enemy uses to take advantage of you and to keep you feeling held captive, to keep you feeling, uh, fear. And so having a safe place, To be able to come and to be given biblical tools and to learn how to view finances, not in a worldly way, not the way that the world tells us that we should view finances, but viewing our what we've been given to steward from God's perspective and being good stewards over what God has given us. There's so much power that comes with that, and that's. You guys are giving people the opportunity to have those tools in their hands to experience that. So,
2: Well, and the, and the truth is, we've all done stupid things with money. Like, we're all in the same boat. Like, we've done some dumb things with money. And, you know, 80% of people are living paycheck to paycheck, but n- nobody wants to talk about it. They're afraid to talk about it. They don't know how to deal with it you know and this this just opens it up and and lays it all out and there's there's a light at the end of the tunnel there there really is there's there's hope and there's peace well
0: i think so many people live paycheck to paycheck and think that that's how it is and that's how mm-hmm. it's going to be but this will help bring in some new meth methods and tools and things to to be able to say there's there's light at the end of the tunnel and um you know coming back to what we went through this last year, what we all went through this last year, many many Christians have got on board and said, you know, what we went through last year is the end times. It's, it's what the end times are going to be. And let me just tell you, that's absolutely right. This That's what the end times are going to be, but it's going to be a lot worse than what we went <laughs> through last year. And so being prepared, having that place on the inside of us where we know um, Exactly what we're saying, you have peace, financial peace in in moving forward and um, and I think this this class is totally it, it's not a financial class as much as it's a biblical class about finances
1: that's good. And, that's good and
0: and seeing how God can can talk to you about your finances, you know some people think that the Bible's just full of um, you know don't do this, don't do that. It's, it's more of a, if you'll do this, then I can bless you, and that blessing comes financially as well as, as health and other things like that. So we've got about seven minutes, and I know that you really have a, a big close and um, uh, some end words that you want to say. So I'm going to turn this over to Ashley, either one. But I know she's got a lot to say.
3: Um, One thing that just really, and I'm a mom, so it's just natural. But I I was a teacher before I was a mom. um, And I have always loved children. And we all know it's our responsibility to raise up this next generation and how they're supposed to go. And I feel like part of the reason we are all in the boat we're on and the financial train that we're on is because we were not raised up financially in the way that we were supposed to go. You were not given the tools. You were not taught. And those that were call it a blessing, Mm -hmm. you know. But when I was studying for the women's night talk, in Proverbs 22, it says, raise up a child in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. But the very next thing it says is the borrower is slave to the lender. The very next verse. And I, I that just struck me uh-huh. so much because I've known those two verses very well over the years, but I never realized they were right next to each other. Um and that is so convicting to me and I hope it's convicting to you, even if you're not a parent. I know you have kids in your life, or I know there's children or twenty year olds who need poured into. Uh-huh. So if you're not a parent, get your stuff straight so you can go pour into kids uh-huh. Uh-huh. and pour into people's marriages. My gosh, fifty percent of marriages end and the thing people fight about the most is money. Get it together. Sorry, not to call anybody out. No. <laughs> <Come on>. <laughs> but but my my heart is so like, here it is, here's what's wrong. Go fix it. You know, and that's that's always been a big thing for me. Like if you can get to the root of a problem, you can fix the problem. Uh-huh. You know, you're not just like treating symptoms and putting a band-aid. The root of the problem is people don't have their money together and they're not living in biblical principles. And we know this. So get it together and I promise you your marriage will be better. Mm -hmm. Like come talk to me and I will give you a $100 bill if you work on this with your spouse and your marriage is not stronger in six months. (laughs) You know?
0: So one of the the things in saying what you just said is that um, having our financial um outlook is generational is is multi-generational because the bible says that you lay up uh, an inheritance for your children and your children's children so we financial peace university is about now taking care of what you have now and learning how to manage what you have now so that you can begin to put up for your children Mm -hmm. and your children's children Mm -hmm. and and it begins to put you on a place where you are thinking um, or you're, you have a vision for your life and not just a fix it now. It's something that takes you genera- multi-generational.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to ask if everybody here, if you guys would just close your eyes for just a moment, and I want you to imagine what it would be like to have no fear of the future, to not be... Worried to not have anxiety and stress and to not have regret about what's coming in the future, having no regret of the past, letting go of those things and stepping into the future, knowing that you are confident and knowing that you serve a good God and father right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the provision that you have given to each one of us, that you have not set a destiny in front of anyone that you haven't fully provided for. That before we were created and before the foundations of the earth were laid, that you provided everything that we would need to walk out the plan and the purpose that you have placed us here on this earth for. But Father, you've never asked us to do that on our own, you have promised that you would partner with us. And part of your partnering with us is putting people around us in community that we can run with and learn from and gain wisdom from. So father, I pray as we move forward that you keep us connected as community and that we would lean into the opportunities that you give to us, that we would press into the open doors that you put in front of us to walk through them as part of your plan and purpose for our life to gain wisdom and in all of our gaining wisdom to get understanding. And so Father, I pray right now, if there's anybody listening that has never made Jesus Christ the Lord of their life, that this is a perfect day to do that because in your perfect provision, you provided Jesus for us. That when you formed us, you knew that you had provided a perfect savior for us. So if you have never made that decision and that commitment before to walk through the open door of Jesus Christ, today is your opportunity to do that. And it's very simple. All you have to do is just invite him into your heart. Invite Jesus into your heart and simply say, Jesus, I'm choosing to follow you. I'm laying down my own um, determination. I'm laying down my own uh, way that I think everything needs to be done. And I'm choosing to follow you because you know my end from my beginning. And I'm following your choice and your path and your provision for my life and just give your heart to him this morning. We're gonna have a prayer team up here after we're dismissed. And if you are doing that for the first time, or if you want to recommit that today, we invite you to come and talk to our prayer team as we dismiss here today. Uh, Father, we thank you. We praise you for these two couples that are willing to give their time to give the wisdom and understanding that they have gained to be able to share that with us, to strengthen us as a body of believers. And we thank you for what you have done in their life and their testimony and their testimony declares to us that you will do it again. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So. Um, what,
0: yeah.
3: One thing I forgot to mention um, is that we have a very generous church and very generous congregation. Um, and between people giving and the church being willing, we have scholarships available. So if this is not something that you can make happen on your own, please don't let that stop you. Swing by and we will make sure that you are taken care of and have a seat in the class.
0: So what, what are the dates?
3: Oh, I'm sorry. So the dates are March 22nd, which is a Monday. It's going to be Monday evenings through May 17th at 630 p.m. Child care will be provided. So feel free to bring those kids Um, right here. Yep. Right here in this room. If you
1: have any questions, they're going to be at the activities desk after service, so you can go and speak to them. If you want to know more about the class, hey, what am I committing to? Or you're saying today, I want to get signed up. They're going to be there to help you get signed up today. And so um, go and see them there. Actually, we're going to let you guys go ahead and move that direction. Molly, if you want to come on up and close us out, we'll get everybody dismissed. Can you guys tell them thank you?